If you're curious to engage with a lot of the topics we explore on the podcast in more creative and embodied ways, we welcome you to join us in Alchemize, our 10-week audio-based program of daily imagination practices intended to disrupt status quo ways of thinking, sensing, relating, and being. To be honest, without any grant support for our show right now, and we did just get turned down by several mainstream environmentalism philanthropies, this program and our Patreon are our primary means of supporting our labor for these free podcasts right now. We really want to remain untethered to corporate interests, and every small contribution to our Patreon or enrollment in our program Alchemize helps to ensure that we can continue producing these vital conversations that feature voices and perspectives often sidelined from mainstream media. So if you value our work and want to dive deeper with us, join us in Alchemize today at greendreamer.com slash alchemize and join our Patreon starting at just $3 at patreon.com slash greendreamer. Thank you so, so much for however you were able to support our work during these critical times. We are so deeply grateful. There's different demographics of people that will listen to my music that will watch my TED Talks. And we need to reach those people too, especially you, especially mobilizing and getting young people out on the streets. Like we need artists and we need influential people that are like in those places to also talk about it. And we need like hip hop, I think has an important role to play within these movements as well. How can we leverage the power of art and music to support the sustainability movement? In this time of need, what has the most untapped potential that can help us accelerate towards a thriving planet? That's just the tip of the iceberg of what you'll hear today. Now, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that I'm now sharing the two takeaways from each interview in the show notes at greendreamer.com. They're bite-sized and they're tweetable in case you found the episode inspiring and want to share it on Twitter. And also, the next weekly newsletter, including highlights from the podcast, is going out this Sunday. To opt in, you can head to greendreamer.com to sign up with your email. I look forward to connecting with you there. And now to our episode, let's dive in. Hey, it's Kamea Shane, and this is Green Dreamer, a podcast for creatives, visionaries, and entrepreneurs dreaming of a sustainable future. Thank you for bringing your light. If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe, and together, let's learn what it takes to thrive in every sense of the word. Our guest today is an indigenous environmental activist, author, hip-hop artist, and youth director of Earth Guardians, which is a worldwide conservation organization. I remember when I was in middle or high school, I was watching TV and saw a news about this kid giving a speech about conservation and climate change in front of the United Nations in a really powerful and eloquent way. Little did I know back then, I would get the honor to chat with him for this episode. It turns out he's been giving speeches since he was six. If you search his name on YouTube, you'll find that video of him as an adorable six-year-old addressing a crowd of mostly adults, and you'll also find numerous other videos of his talks ever since. I have some of these linked in the show notes in case you want more motivation from him after this interview. And for now, look forward to getting inspired by this young man who's really wise beyond his years. Without further ado, Green Dreamer, starting with what inspired his passion for the environment, here's Shuteskat Martinez. It's very innate. 
the the passion for for nature and for the environment. It was definitely like kind of a lifestyle. Growing up as a little kid, I didn't really go to school very much. Like the first several years of my childhood were just spent literally traveling with my family, going to different ceremonies, learning about my culture, my tradition, and kind of my indigenous identity, and seeing how that connected me to the world, uh, learning about how that connected me to nature. My father taught me at a very young age that that was like one of the most significant things that we had as far as our culture was our connection to the earth, that we were people of the earth. So as a little boy, like just spending time in nature, spending time catching frogs and snakes and like running through the forest and, and being outside, like that's just like, it was, uh, it was deeper than just, you know, liking to be outdoors. It was like, I felt, I felt a significant spiritual connection to nature, you know, and that I think was part of what helped give me a strong sense of identity as far as someone that knowing that I had a responsibility to protect that. that as like indigenous people, we have a responsibility to preserve and protect our land, our culture for generation and those to follow. And yeah, kind of in honor of our ancestors as well for how they fought and sacrificed to protect their land. For sure. And then what did you learn eventually that made you feel like our planet needed to be protected and that it was uh, being harmed? Just like watching documentaries and, and reading articles and like learning from my parents about the state of the earth and recognizing that humanity was playing an incredibly significant role in, in dismantling the balance of our natural systems and totally exploiting our natural resources and overusing our, um, yeah, kind of totally taking advantage of, of this perfect, beautiful system that we've found ourselves in. Like the fact that human life exists is, is miraculous. We are just like messing with that balance to the extent where, where species are going extinct, where we've, we have successfully triggered the next great mass extinction on planet earth. We, uh, yeah, we're totally spinning everything out of balance. Um, so just like learning about that and reading about that and seeing it on a screen, it was like, holy shit, like this. <laughs> we're messing everything up. Yeah, it was really, really intense. Yeah, and so I saw this video of you speaking when you were six. It was super cute. So I'm assuming, you know, most places where you've spoken at and shown up to, you were the youngest person there. I'm wondering what gives you the courage or what gave you the courage to speak up as a child in a world that's run by adults? Definitely. I took myself super seriously. I was a very serious little, like, determined little boy. (laughs) Um, I knew that uh, the courage, I I definitely felt like a warrior. You know, my mm-hmm. father talked about, about what it meant to be a warrior um, at a very young age. And, and it wasn't, and I don't know, it was, it was, I think, a connection to kind of a greater purpose in, in fighting for the, for the collective and recognizing who you're representing and where you come from, what mm-hmm. you're fighting for. And so as a little kid, like, you know, I always wanted to be that. And I wanted to, always wanted to be, I don't know, I always wanted to fight for something greater than myself. And um the courage just came from 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 support and the the kind of unconditional love and support that I had from my community and my family that I was very lucky. Like a lot of kids don't have a platform at a young age. Mm-hmm. I had a platform because of my supportive community, because of my supportive family, because of the people that helped me um, see my own potential and recognize that if I use my voice, people would listen. You know, a lot of young people don't get to understand that. And so yeah, I think it just came from like an incredibly supportive community that gave me the courage to to speak up. Mm-hmm. Were there ever times when you felt like people didn't take you seriously because of your age? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think it's, that's a natural part of going out into the world is like you're gonna have people that doubt what you do and doubt who you are and doubt what your truth is. You're speaking, especially as a young person in our society where youth aren't 
given the credit that they they, they deserve. Like a lot of young people aren't heard and a lot of adults don't pay attention. A lot of adults are on their high horse just because they've been on the planet for longer. It does not mean they carry more wisdom. It does not mean that they carry more, you know, decision-making, like, intelligence. Like, mm-hmm. for for a lot of the times, you know, it was really interesting, too, because I grew up, my father teaching me, like, the absolute, like, importance of respecting our elders, right, and respecting the adults in our community and being respectful of that. But at the same time, like, a lot of young people weren't respecting me, you know, so... Yeah, I experienced that, but for the most part, I went there and I spoke my truth, and, and whether they they caught on or not, like for the most part, everywhere I went, people were people began to see like, wow, this kid is, is isn't just some kid. Like he has something to say, he has something to share. Mm-hmm. So, what did it take for people to go past the superficial parts of who you were, just like a kid, a cute little kid, to actually just being able to hear your message deeply? I don't know, like ten seconds into me speaking, I feel like this <laughs> one all it takes, just because. Hearing that passion in your voice and yeah, just recognizing that that I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I, especially as when I was younger, I carried myself in a way that was super like poised and and again I said like I, I took myself very seriously. I was very committed and like this is who I am. Like this is how what I'm gonna do and like the, I feel like that came out in how I communicated myself as something that was way beyond my years. Um, not, and not in any kind of way to like you know boost my own ego or whatever but like I've now recognized the importance of toning that down and chilling out and being more relatable and just like real not that that wasn't real as a kid but I definitely feel like I put on like a very like mature mask as a super little kid because I wanted people to understand mm-hmm. and I've, I've, I've shed the need for that now well, you're still so young, you've already done so much, and it's not easy to push for change in a world that's just more comfortable with the status quo, and also when there are powerful forces resisting change. So it feels like it's really been battle after battle for you. What's been your greatest personal challenge throughout all of these years? Mm, geometry? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Or, uh, <laughs> I would probably have to say that one of my greatest personal challenges is just remaining confident that that it's enough and that I'm doing all that I can. I'm super hard on myself and I'm super a perfectionist and I see my I see my potential. Like I I can visualize the person that I that I can be and and just like the power that I do have to create my reality and be that person and do those things that I want to accomplish and in and, and build what I want to see in the world and create what I want to have for myself and manifest the abundance that I that I see that I can create for my family. And it's just a struggle having that and also recognizing that like the clock is ticking so quickly in, in every aspect in the sense of like the state of our planet is just like going to hell and our political system is is cracked and broken and the support from politicians isn't just about Democratic and Republican anymore because all so many politicians on both ends of the spectrum are, are, are corrupt and not supporting the best interests of the people. And I'm in a very interesting place for like one of the most challenging things has been like staying assured to myself that what I do is going to be enough because obviously like the systemic shift needs to happen. But the only thing that I have control over is like how much I put in and how I affect people. And I, I recognize that that's a lot of power. I have a lot of power to affect a lot of people. And so will I fulfill that? And will I do it in time? And will my contribution be enough to help turn the tide? 
And that's like a, some like an internal struggle that I have a lot. Well, you're not alone. I feel like a lot of people who are really passionate about protecting our earth also deal with like environmental depression because climate change, for example, is something that's ongoing. It's um, it's kind of chronic in nature, so we can't do one thing and have it go away. And with the added, you know, all of these negative things happening one after another, so it is a lot to handle. What would your biggest piece of guidance be for someone who's feeling just crushed by all of these things happening? Hmm. Like, how can we get ourselves to keep going and believe that we're making a difference? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, no, I mean, it's, you, you really have to be tapped into to what you love. I really believe that, you know, like I think as soon as you can like connect to the peace of yourself that is involved that is involved in the world from a place of love like that's when you that's when you're doing it right i feel like um a lot of people are involved in the movement and involved in in or even just like you know paying attention to what's happening it is very overwhelming and i understand that and i think what has helped me navigate it is recognize that everything that we are doing and everything that we are fighting for has to come from kind of this foundational space of of love of um really asking ourselves what do we love about existence and about life and and are we in and like what are we willing to sacrifice for that you know it's like asking ourselves like what are we willing to fight for what are we willing to to sacrifice for mm-hmm. uh, and that comes down to the things that we love the relationships the people the community the connections the the food the culture the all of that like like whatever about life that makes you feel alive the memories the moments the magic like those things that we love and those things we cherish and the things that we value, that is what we are here to fight to protect. It's not about, uh, you know, stopping climate change. It's about ensuring that future generations have a healthy, just, habitable, peaceful world because the only issue that out there isn't just like our climate crisis. So many things happening all around us that we've got to be paying attention to. Um, and I think for people out there who are struggling to find their way, like take a second to like, focus amidst all the noise and amidst all the madness and really ask yourself like what is driving the compass or or what is what is um what is out there that is really something that you are willing to you know i think i think being focused and being grounded in something actionable as far as what you're fighting for is really critical um and yeah remember it's all about the love it's all about the love and, and that's that's the most helpful thing that I've recognized over the previous years. It's like this is a movement founded in love. For sure. So you've also gotten to work alongside a lot of other thought leaders within this space. What's been the most important thing you learned for yourself from them that like you keep close to heart? Yeah, I mean, there's just like a lot. There's a lot of freaking cool people doing incredible stuff <laughs> all over the place. Um, the most important thing that I've learned from hearing a lot of other incredibly intelligent, inspired, awake people in, in various different movements speaking is how divided our movements are, honestly. That's a really big reality that I've been woken up to just by being around a lot of people working in this movement is our our communities and our movements and the things that we're like is so divided. People are all over the place and People that are both within the environmental movement that work for different organizations aren't willing to sit down at the same table and meet and talk about this and like the solutions. And people that work with social justice and Black Lives Matter often oftentimes like don't want to show up for, 
you know, climate justice and, and people that work in the environmental movement don't want to show up for LGBTQ and like, it's like, whoa, like we live in a, we live in a world where like things are falling apart all around us and all these issues and all these crises are, are connected. So like we need to be acting as such. We need to be acting in a way that's like putting the connectivity of our movements above everything else. Cause what is going to change things is when we come together, when we collaborate, when we're working together. And, and yeah, people, a lot of people are afraid of that. And honestly, it's, Unfortunately, that's like one really important lesson that I've learned by being around all these leaders. Like, yes, everybody's doing incredible things, but a lot of people are like on their high horse and are just like not in it for the right reasons. Mm. So, so like, yeah, it's an important lesson that I've learned for myself to really strive to work within the intersections and to bring people together. So, for us as individuals, what do you think we can do to inspire this closer connection between all of these causes? Yes, I do comfort zone. For real, like it's it's. I think it's easy as like. I mean, obviously, you got to be informed. Like anything that you want to make a difference about, you have to be informed. Mm-hmm. So, like, really, I think everybody needs to dive a little bit deeper into how the issues they they care about connect to the world and not just themselves. You know, for example, like like racial equality, right? Um, and looking at how marginalized in communities of color like those are the demographics of people that are most affected by our climate crisis and you see lines of intersection like that you look at gender equality which i'm sure is something that you care about as as um or or you know many people that that in the world think that that's an incredibly significant thing to worry about and, and talk about and um you know if you look at climate change like many of the recent studies have shown that, that educating women and advocating for the reproductive rights is one of the most significant ways we can address climate change. And at the same time, women of color are the most marginalized uh, demographic when it comes to climate and environmental disasters. You know, So it's like the intersections are super present. So I think having the conversations and, and, and talking about it and and really like opening up the way you, you see things and the way you look at the world. Um, because once you kind of like, like we, we put up borders and walls like na- naturally as human beings. So like, Really being able to kind of like dissolve that is is really important. And asking yourself like, what role do I have to play as a human in this society, and how can how can my contribution affect for it more than just like the one issue that I'm like super passionate about, more than just animal rights, or more than just like ocean conservation? Like how to, like you know for example like as a as like a you know a white person, how how do you have a responsibility to play um, in confronting white privilege? And how does that affect our society? How does that affect racial equality? And how does that tie to our climate crisis? And how does that, you know, connect to all these different things or, or whatever? You know, as as a, um, as a human being, like how are you touching all these different movements and all these different networks and communities? Like we are so in a in a world where like connectivity is such a real present thing for all of us, you know, and like we all want to be connected. We want to all want to know what's going on. Like we have social media that connects us to those things in that way. And when you see headlines of families being separated at the border and you see, you know, and you read about police brutality and in, in, in the continuation of the abuse of, of power and the police force and how they're getting acquitted without being held accountable for murdering innocent young black youth. Like, how do you not turn the other way and be like, okay, well, I'm worried about the environment right now. But like, think about like, okay, well, where is the intersection where those two things are connected? And how do we build the intersection? How do I show up for people that also need my support that aren't just like the people that I always come, come through for? You know, just like recognizing like we are a human family. Mm-hmm. Seeing that we're more powerful when we're together. So we really have to connect these dots and support one another. 
Yeah, entirely. Yeah. So you're a climate activist and also a hip hop artist. I've been listening to Young that um, I think you released pretty recently, and it's such a beautiful song. How do you think art and music can support this movement? I think if you look back through history, every every movement has its anthems, you know, and every kind of era in history has its uh, different artists that kind of help define the musical, I think, like the energy of that time, you know, like Bob Marley in, in his time, just like pushing the peace and love and the connectivity and like one love, you know, one heart. Um, and, and John Lennon in uh, and, and, and Rage Against the Machine is more like anti-systemic and like angry and like all these different artists that have kind of shaped culture through their contribution. Like music now also has such a significant role to play in bringing people together and talking about this movement and defining and shaping and building the soundtrack of what this music and what this movement sounds like. And art is one of the most like one of the most influential platforms that we have in the world. Music is, you know, and like looking at that and recognizing that myself as an artist has a responsibility to use my platform to create art that inspires and connects the world. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to we really need to draw these connections, and art can really do that because people connect to it in a way that people don't connect to anything else. You know, music reaches people in a different way. Music, you know holds audiences in a different way like there's different demographics of people that will listen to my music that will watch my ted talks like and, and we need to reach those people too and especially you especially mobilizing and getting young people out on the streets like we need artists and we need influential people that are like in those places to also talk about it and we need like hip-hop i think has an important role to play within these movements as well mm-hmm So overall, you've taken sustainability on from so many different approaches. You've been at the front of lines physically in protests and marches. You've spoken at major global events in front of world leaders. Um, You've organized people in communities. You've written a book, communicated this message through art and music, and we can keep going. But I'd love to hear what you're most proud of having accomplished with all the work that you've done. Because I don't know. It's like I feel like a lot of people measure their lives based on accomplishments. I don't feel like I'm one of those people. Um, I don't like count my plaques and shit, like or my awards or whatever. Um, but I think, like, just honestly, that what I feel the most proud that I've contributed to the world is literally like seeing people after my talks or after my shows come up to me and be like, "Yo, that that changed the way I see something. That changed the way I see the saw the world. That opened my mind to a different perspective." Or you know, like you help me confront a piece of trauma I have within myself. But like, you know, just seeing the actual impact that my voice has on individual people, on real people, like that's more significant, I think, than any like accomplishment or award or achievement. Like, just really seeing how we really can touch the people around us, like in a really significant way. Like, we can be really influential in other people's lives. And that's a huge responsibility, you know. So I feel like really really privileged and lucky to be able to be in a space where I can use my voice to positively affect people with my art, with my music, with my message. And yeah, just the individual people that I've helped touch and heal and, and, and inspire. Mm-hmm. That means to me, you know, and no, it's not just one story because it's so, so many um, instances of people coming up to me and I just, I feel like I'm going to like, it's like cry with them right there because I feel I feel that energy that they feel like they they tapped into my inspiration. They tapped into my passion. They tapped into my love and my energy that I was up there on that stage giving. 
whether it was through speech or through song. And that's like the most beautiful thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And across all of these different things that you've done and things that you've seen other activists, creatives, and um, entrepreneurs do, what method do you think has the most untapped potential that we can do more of to inspire awareness and action? That's a cool question. Um, honestly, I think just like throwing really sick parties. Getting <laughs> like people to turn up and like but like in a way where like like first of all zero waste like not none of that red cup bullshit like zero <laughs> waste parties and, and not just parties but celebrations where people come together in, in, in a way where we are celebrating and we are we are like dancing and coming together and, and like you know everybody's ideal party looks very different but like I see, I see this with young people specifically like creating healthy positive spaces where young people can just come together and just like go ham just like celebrate and, and be like okay like life is lit and and use that as a space to kind of garner energy um towards getting young people feeling like they're in a really inclusive healthy positive space because there's a lot of parties that feel really whack and being in high school going to high school parties and going to college parties and touring speaking at colleges and stuff like you know a lot of whack parties so opening up positive celebratory spaces for young people to convene and dance or share music or jam or cypher or freestyle or like whatever and like opening up these positive spaces and then allowing for like conversation about significant issues and, and things like that to be kind of like a center point is really important and i feel like gatherings happen no matter what we all go to parties we'll all turn up on the weekends <laughs> we're all like that's just a part of human culture and how do we turn that from just like a thing we do that like people getting wasted and like you know let's chill whatever to like how can we turn that into like a mo- create a model where we do that same thing but like create something positive out of it you know even if it's just like people together or like facilitating important dialogue conversation I don't know I think that could be really cool and again like I haven't seen it done well yet like, I haven't seen someone throw like a, that kind of party yet mm-hmm. so waiting for you to start <laughs> I got you I hit you up <laughs> Well, so I know you have constantly a lot of new projects going on. What's next for you that we can look forward to and support? Next for me, uh, I'm going to be in Washington, D.C., July 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, for uh, a massive youth-led climate rally in March um, called Zero Hour. And you can hit up Zero Hour on Instagram. You can look up. Uh, zero hour just online and like get get in touch with the details and get hit with what's popping off we have a bunch of uh events happening across the nation solidarity marches in los angeles and new york and all over the place so um if you're trying to come and turn out for for youth-led climate action like that's going to be the space for sure definitely gonna be throwing after parties like (laughs) um so that's going to be happening later this july um, that's kind of a call to action. So there's going to be a lobby day where we're going to go and lobby Congress um, and and talk about climate action within a political kind of in a political framework. And then we're going to be marching in the streets, um, potentially doing some nonviolent civil disobedience on Capitol Hill. Um, and then I'm dropping uh, an EP, July 27th, four new songs. It's kind of half of my upcoming album um, that I'm kind of putting on two parts. So I'm incredibly excited about that. That's going to kick off my next touring season. Um, where I'm going to be touring like 11 dates in August, um, kind of in the central U.S. and Colorado, um, Nebraska, uh, Tennessee, Iowa, Nevada, or Idaho. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be touring a bunch and playing a bunch of shows all over the place. So you can uh, look me up on social media or, or check out my website for, for the tour dates and come participate in some of the shows too. And we're going to be in cities all over the place and, you know, probably doing like renegade action stuff as well. Just like in the community with the people, depending, you know, where we find ourselves. And then I'm touring again in October, November, playing shows all over the place. And then I'll be going to Australia in December, launching off some Earth Guardian stuff and actions out there. Earth Guardians has has a art campaign that's out right now. Um, that we're we're calling for submissions for people to to submit um, all kinds of art pieces that include single use plastic straw um, to bring awareness to the to the plastic pollution in our oceans. So you can learn more about that at earthguardians.org. Submit your artwork, um, participate in the in the challenge, and um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff popping up. But I'm really excited to release new music, to tour, and to be at this climate marches. Super exciting. Where can we go to follow you online and on social media? At Shootescat. X-I-U-H-T-E-Z-C-A-T-L. Again, it's at X-I-U-H-T-E-Z-C-A-T-L. That's pretty much my handle everywhere. Um, and yeah, that'll pop up if you type it into any search engine. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. And um, yeah, that's the journey. That's the movement. I'm, I'll be all over the world, all over the country in the following years doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So look forward to meeting and connecting with all all y'all beautiful people out there. Before we go into our final five, I wanted to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so honored to have you. If you're finding this episode inspiring, we'd so appreciate it if you shared it with two friends who would also enjoy this interview. It can be tough to be in a space that feels often so doom and gloom, and I really hope that together we can support other people within this space to let them know that they're not alone and to help strengthen this movement so we can more quickly work towards a healthier planet for us to call home. Thank you so much if you get a chance to share the podcast anywhere. I so appreciate it. And now on to our final five. Let's power through. What's one inspiring publication or social media account you follow? Uh, Undo Comedia. Um, it's a uh, media social media account, Instagram account run by um, by uh, several different undocumented Latino youth um, talking about really important, significant movements. Uh, they do a lot of really intersectional work, so they're always posting about indigenous rights issues as well and Black Lives Matter. And um, But yeah, I kind of focus on kind of empowering uh, undocumented youth and helping them find their place within, you know, this this country today. And also, honestly, um, what's, what's that guy's name? Sean, Sean King? Mm-hmm. Sean King. Yeah, he's, I don't even know who he is. He's like a, he's like a journalist. <laughs> but he's super, super popping. He has like a million Twitter, Twitter followers. And he is always posting stuff about like Black Lives Matter and social justice. Um, and wow, his account is like eye-opening. It's like kind of scary, actually. It's like, <laughs> It's like if you want to take the next step in realizing what's happening in this country and the injustice, like follow that account. Sean King. I think it's S-H-A-U-N King. K-I-N-G. And hashtag Earth Guardians. Follow Earth Guardians. Mm-hmm. What do you tell yourself to stay positive and inspired? Drink a glass of water. Meditate daily. Um, be around people you love. Don't take yourself too seriously. Uh, what's one simple action we can take for our planet's health this week? Stop eating meat. Just even one meal, one meal like a day or one meal a week transition away from animal products. That is like the most simple, massive thing you can do to help the world, to help our environment, to help water, 
Like, well, she cared about water issues, indigenous rights, climate, all that. Like, stop eating meat and dairy products, like animal products, for like one day. And research it and learn about why. And also make sure that you're staying healthy and you're getting all the shit you need, all the different vitamins and minerals and everything you need. So there's a lot of alternatives, nuts, legumes, hemp seeds, chia seeds, all that. Like, so, you know, don't don't be unhealthy. Like, don't starve yourself. But just, like, recognize the alternatives to eating a, a, a meat-based diet. Mm-hmm. What makes you most hopeful for a planet right now? My little sister. She's 10. She's Aww. an artist. She's so, so, so talented and beautiful. <laughs> and, and I just like look at her and I'm like, yo, you're the future. <laughs> Everything I'm doing is for you. And what final words of wisdom do you have for us as green dreamers? It's time. It's time, baby. Like, this is it. This is our, this is our time. This is our moment. This is our point in history where we get to define the future of our country and the future of the world and everything that happens from now on is up to us. And it's going to be an uphill battle. It's going to be really difficult. And we have a lot of adversity from our politicians to status quo, to society and how it functions. And that is going to push us to be more resilient and brave and um, than any generation has ever had to be before. You know, So we are here and we are united and there's never going to be a moment where any one of us are alone or fighting for this because there are so many people, young people around the world who are taking the reins and leading the charge in the movements that are shaping history. And we all have a part to play, so make sure that you're playing your part. We all have a part to play, so make sure you're playing your part. Green Dreamer, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, you'll find the two tweetable key takeaways from this interview in the show notes at greendreamer.com. You can reach me with feedback on how I can improve the show for you through the website's contact page. And I look forward to connecting on Instagram. You can follow me at Kamea Shane, that's K-A-M-E-A-C-H-A-Y-N-E, where I'll be sharing more eco and wellness tips, day-to-day learning lessons, and sometimes sneak peeks into what's coming next on Green Dreamer Podcast. And finally, just remember, now more than ever, our planet needs your light to thrive. So if you haven't yet, hit subscribe and I will catch you later, Green Dreamer. Green Dreamer.